So what's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Bridge the Gap over here. This is the show where basically what we are trying to do is bridge the gap of knowledge with different people, talk to different folk. You may want to mute your TV, actually, because otherwise you're going to hear it. Awesome. So what we're trying to do is bridge that gap of knowledge. We're trying to go out there and let the people uh, know what we've all been through on our various journeys and go through our stories a little bit and just kind of talk and just kind of like use that opportunity to share with people <clears throat> you know what we can so that we can kind of further our understanding of the scene and the industry and kind of enhance it all because i think we all have a communal desire to see montreal pop off and whatnot so today joining me everyone we have mr blaka now blaka is one of those guys who in my opinion when you see him there you know some professional shit's going down Usually there's going to be some carpets or some fucking cameras or some flashity flashes. He's got the mic ready to go. He's got that voice that like literally every time you hear the man's voice, it's like distinct and it's crisp and it's just built for being online. Um, honestly, lately you can see him doing a whole bunch of shit with the honor roll record uh, on the Is it honor roll? I keep getting that between honor roll and yeah, on the rise. Honor roll or that's how I remember it. OAR, right? Anyway, uh, on our own records, you see him hosting all these live streams and just being in the middle of some freaking amazing stuff happening within the city. But yo, Black has been around for a long time and he's got a whole history's worth of information that he's going to be able to share with us. Every interaction I've had with him has been pleasant. Um, I mean, back when I was like talking shit about VR before anyone gave a fuck, Black was one of the first dudes to even like listen. Everyone else is like, blah, 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 fucking VR. And Black is like, yo, I see where you're going with this. Let's have a conversation or whatever. And at that moment, I'm like, yo, Black is smart. <laughs> so anyway, I don't actually know that much about you outside of like just your involvement with stuff like Makeway and, and Honor Roll and just where I've seen you at. So that's why I'm kind of right. really excited because now what we can do is take the opportunity to on wax, talk to everybody and let them know your story what you do out of the good stuff about it but as far as i'm concerned you're still involved in the music scene so you still get in the same first question that everybody gets typically when it's one of the more music people's and not to say not a music people but in your current role it's a privilege okay. dude everybody look in my opinion the more interesting people to talk to are not the rappers it's not to say the rappers are boring but Yo, I'm a rapper. So talking to people who aren't necessarily pursuing that so actively right now makes it kind of exciting for me. And I'm certain for a lot of other people, right? So let's go to the first question. So musical journeys don't start with the typical question. What's your influences and stuff? That's not where it begins. That's actually okay. a little bit down the line. So it really begins a little bit earlier. And I talk a lot of stories. It's what it is. But my girlfriend's washing dishes one day. And uh, she's doing this fucking Black Eyed Peas song playing on the radio. The I got a feeling. They know that shit. And I'm like, yo, yeah. once upon a time, though, we was all a little bit younger. And that's that shit in the clubs. But now, 10, 10 years later, that's that dishes music. And it made me go, yo, when we was kids growing up, and I thought about it. My mom's bumping that disco when she's doing chores. My dad's got his rock when he's playing the fucking chores and shit. And I'm like, okay, so this is chores music. Used to be the party music. And then... After asking this a few times, I realized there's fucking uh, car music vibes and there's fucking, you know, just in the background, there's the pop era, there's what your siblings right. are into. So this is all stuff that you didn't have a choice in listening to. 
It's the stuff okay. that you were kind of exposed to as a youth. So everybody got the pop music and whatnot, but let's talk a little bit about what your musical life was like as a little one when you were growing up. That's, you know what? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> I want to say thank you for having me on the show, by the way. Yeah, it's my uh, pleasure. Um, you know, I'm going to go on a few points that you um, you brought up just before I answer the question, but I just want to say everything's a full circle, basically. Like, yeah, we spoke in the past, and when you said about, like, being smart about let's talk is because why not listen? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? For me, you got two ears and one mouth for a reason. So it means to listen twice as much as you talk. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So in that sense, I'm going to listen, and I'm going to ask questions. And if I don't get the answers I want, then good. I know where I stand. You know what I mean? So that's how I basically look at that. And me coming on your show was basically a song that CY had put out on YouTube of a recording that we had did. And then I, I think you were this. I don't know if it was you or someone else made a comment like, yo, I didn't even know Blocka rap. Shit, cause... that was me. And I had forgotten that happened, yeah. actually. So I was like, yeah. fuck, does Blocka even rap? Oh, shit, he does. Yeah, and yeah. I completely forgot. Anyway. <laughs> Right, right, because when it comes to making music, you can't necessarily go and find a block of song. Nobody can go and find a block of song. You can catch me on features. I'm featured on songs, but if you ever came, if you ever saw me perform, you saw me live. Mm. You saw me show rock. So I've done like shows like Ace Hood and, and where I, YFN Lucci, and we did the Young MA, and we did the TI, and all these different type of shows. But the biggest one I performed was Ace Hood. But then we did all the city shows in Montreal, like Holla, I'd see why doing shows with me, Bamboo Twigs, you know? Doing yeah, shout that out Bamboo Twigs. Movie. That guy came Bamboo through here. Twigs. He's fucking brilliant. He's one of my favorite guys right now. Yeah, that, that's me doing shows with him and obviously Buds and Honorable Records and all that shit, like the, the whole squadron um, doing these shows and that's how I got into it. But um, to answer your question now, I can clearly remember, no lie, that apart from like, let's just say Vanilla Ice, Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, I remember TLC, I remember like five cent, 10 cent dollar, Murder She Wrote, cause I'm Caribbean, like obviously listening to Bob Marley. And then I went through a stage where it was like Limp Biscuit and Corn and like, Rage Against the Machine. Let's, like let's, let's, let's stay when you're like young, young. Let's talk a bit more That's, about that. Cause... When I was young, I was in elementary school. Okay, so corn and all that? Time. Yeah, I don't actually know all how old you are. All of that shit was my... All of that shit, I was still not Gosh. in high school. Okay, so what happened here was, I thought maybe... I think I might be older than you, and I just had an old man moment where I like kind of like felt you're like... Not, you're not older than me. No, oh, right, right. You're 34. Nah, so like... Yeah. Oh, right, because technically corn and shit comes out way back in the 90s, and I'm just, again, being a little bit off. Fair <laughs> enough. Still, we aligning. True. We aligning. Um, but yeah, okay, so you actually, as a kid, how are you listening to this music? How are you finding it? It's funny. I had this, I guess, a metal boombox that my mom and my dad gave to me that was in my room, a metal boombox. I had two tapes. I had a Michael Jackson tape. I think I had a MC Hammer tape. MC Hammer, too. Shout out MC. Mm. I had an MC Hammer tape, and I think I had a Whitney tape. And those were like the first tapes I ever really had. But I remember on the radio, shit like, like, obviously like Madonna and like, like Grand Van 3000 type shit and 
and uh, TLC, like Jason Waterfalls or whatever it's called, Waterfalls, whatever that shit is called. Like, all these songs are songs that I, I listened to and, like, I understood why people like Aaliyah, RIP to her, the influence they have on music. Like, I'm not here to judge people on the music they like and shit, but I, like, I can tell you my favorite documentary, put it this way, as deep as it goes, my favorite music fucking documentary is The Eagles, bro. Okay. How come? Uh, because when you see how they went about doing Hotel California and they didn't even know, like, man, press the recording and, like, they, you know, record a song like that that's so fucking natural. That's what music is, man. And that's why there's, like, you know, there's this whole basis, like, performers or, like, actual writers or who really writes their music, ghostwriters, all that shit. For me, man, if you put something together with a team it doesn't matter who does what mm. just do your role like everyone's got a job you know what i mean and like obviously the artist is the face but yeah things in the background gotta work together bro and like if everyone's not doing your job or you're worrying about the next man's job because you're worried that you either need to replace or move on but then if you decide to work with people you have to trust in the team that you built so being around the people that i've been around I've had to trust and I've had to learn what it is to to believe in someone Gosh. and say, okay, let me see. The, like, it's not, I don't have to see you do it. It's just, I'm going to understand you can do it. So, I feel you on that. No, for real. Yeah, so, man. we all into the knowledge nuggets up in here. So, that's a real big time knowledge nugget. That's some corporate wow. knowledge nuggets right there. <laughs> I'm like, Block as a CEO. Is, that's what I'm feeling right there. And why I say that is because, um, those are hard things you just said. For one thing, to pick the right people to be around shows there had to have been something along the way, you know, that made you realize that that's important. But then the trust thing, oof, that's one of the hardest things that a lot of people have. Also, the lack of envy. So knowing your role, playing a position, you know, these things aren't like little ideas. These things are literally how businesses are built. Everyone has a job to play within a business. Everyone has to do certain things. And you know what? Just because you might be like the face or whatever doesn't even mean you're the most important part. Like, you know what? You know who's really fucking important? Video editors. Those people are fucking wonderful because they do all the really boring hard shit. And often, like, you know, the artist has one of the funnest jobs sometimes. And there's a lot of really boring shit that goes into like even the writers all these people anyway but yo i well, want to i want to like sorry just, sorry, sorry. Go, go on no what were you gonna say i was just gonna say to finish your thing like a video the best video guy or the top 10 video guys for movies let's say for example if you're not an a-lister you're not better than them mm. you know what i mean so like there's only so many a-listers like when i speak these things like that's a category on its own and then there's actors but the A-listers, we know who the A-listers are. We know who shows up. You know okay. What I mean? Yeah, I feel you on that. But even, like, just to the end of, let's say, you take the roles. Because, yo, I'm really fascinated about the roles that surround creating artistry in Montreal, especially in music. Like, you know, I, okay. these are all pieces. Let's be real. Most most uh, artists can't edit a video. 
So without the video editor, there is no video for them to promote their song. In that regard, the video editor is an unsung hero of this industry that doesn't get the love he deserves. Because even if he makes money on that service, without that service that he provides, you know, the artist can't fully envision all of their shit. Trust, man. I tried to direct my shit. Nobody wants me to direct my shit. I'm not that guy. It's not really my you job. You know what? I'm glad that you're actually saying what you're saying. Here's the better one. Because I had a conversation today. I had a conversation with CY. Mm. And I was misunderstanding what he was saying till we understood each other at this exact point. If you're an artist and you're buying views, right? It's wrong. It's wrong mm. I'm happy only to go for there. one reason. It's only wrong. You're happy to go there? Yeah. Absolutely. Now, I, would, I would say why it's especially wrong because people can do it, sure. But what makes it even worse is when you post it. Now, if you're posting that you got 25,000 views or whatever, and you're posting this out and and you bought those, then I'm sorry for me, myself, and I, I don't compute with that. Now, a lot of people might not like what I'm saying, but I understand there's business, but there's it's, image but, and stuff like that. But Oh, can I add to that? If you're okay with it, can I add to what you're saying? I don't want to counter it. I want to add to what you're saying. Because, yeah, yo, I'm really in light of it. You I'm know what the... Nice. So here's the thing. I don't have a problem with paying for shit because I hit this point where I realized that's what the game is a little bit. So I choosing to pay in different ways. So I'm doing contests. And it's still paying for shit, right? So in some way or another, you, you're going to have to, in some regard, advertise your stuff. But when you're doing a contest, it is blatant. Yo, what's up, Willie? Thanks for popping on the stream. It's blatant in your face. I am clearly saying, yo, I want your attention. Here's some fucking money. Right? Like, that's kind of what I'm doing with a contest. I'm not buying views. I'm paying for advertisement. But when these guys, okay, this is what drives me nuts, right? So, when these guys post their like cards and you run some averages and you're like, yo, the average amount of fucking views like per person is like 1.25 and the average song listen is 45 seconds. I'm like, dude, that's not good numbers, even. Even when you're posting it, so you pay. That's how like I can spot paid now because you run some averages and you're like, hmm, those numbers look funny to me, right? Like when well, you run these, run these numbers. You got five thousand views, but out of five thousand views, you have ten likes or twenty likes and one comment Yo, that's, or two comments. It's nuts to me. You know, so so it, look. It's so basically, what it comes down to it is because I've never really done my thing as an artist. I'm not going to say it do, like I'm not going to say I don't care because I really like I don't want to care and if you don't put it in my face I definitely won't have to care about it but for rappers yeah I think rappers want to compete and there's a bunch of like Atlantic records and all these so that's what I mean like so it's it's a comes yeah. down to like framing it like you know your favorite rapper paid money for views like you know he Absolutely. did because but you know it and he's not denying it it's when these guys like oh yo a hundred thousand people bump my shit and i'm like yo i like i mean yeah you're right a hundred thousand people bumped your shit <clears throat> but like that's not fans and i think there's this weird illusion of what a fan is like i'm happy we're going here we can go back to your story after but yo i love this shit man this is like the kind of stuff that makes for interesting clips after but um basically um fans are like the people that are not in the scene that support you is my definition 
they're not people who support you. They're people who are willing to monetarily support you is I'm going to go with my, let's say clients. Let's, let's rebrand it just to make it clear. I'm interested in client metrics. How many clients do people have, right? Would you sell your soul for money? No, but you don't have to ask, sell your soul. Ask me, ask me that question. Would ask you, me that question. Would you sell your soul for money? I don't have one. You know why? Because if I choose to live a life where I'm a big time artist and I'm making a whole lot of money, but I got to dress in some certain type of ways that I don't want to dress. Like they made a bunch of black actors be moms, like big mama house and all these black people to why the whole Dave Chappelle thing happened. If you got to do that to make the millions that you want to make, you might do it. So like, everyone's in a different position like indie world is what you're talking about like absolutely fans like twitch like that's like an indie world like this i'm getting into it now is the indie world the real like i can see so, how genuine you are in this i like this shit but like what we see on facebook instagram and all that like yo that's a but that's just life for but that's also like okay so there's a lot of people who do that shit right but that's just also pockets in my opinion there's a lot of people who don't do that shit, actually. So here they might have the one, two, they tried it out thing. But like what I realized, first off, we talk about like the world of like music, right? Like everything I'm going to talk about is not celebrities because nobody here is a celebrity. Nobody in the city is a celebrity. So everything in this city, as an example, is the indie world. Um, well, that's just out for Nia Lee, though. Yo, I do. She's on my and, list. And, she's on a list, Nia yo. Lee? Oh, my gosh. Nia she's so Lee, good. I met, her, I met her a few years ago. At, uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but I met her a few Go years for ago. Go man. At, this is good. At Silver Quay. It was me, Buds, Naya Lee, and Monkey all okay. together. And then we had a freestyle. And like when I look at it today, how influential Monkey, Buds, and Naya Lee are. Yo. To be even on that fucking same interview floor, I feel fucking blessed. But like when we talk, oh, and fucking uh, Maya Malkin. She's a fucking other one. She's on Virgin Radio right now. So you know what I like I about what you're saying? Just at a yeah. side note, is for a minute I, I had this realization, it's probably going to be a woman that's going to really fucking blow from here more so than dudes. It's just this gut feeling I have because, yo, these women is really tight with it. And I say that with all respect. I went to these two shows last August uh, before all yeah. the times and whatever. It was two shows back-to-back, -back, all lady lineups. And it was like the first time I ever saw every act prepared and ready to go on time the whole and everybody stayed the whole time i'm like whoa this doesn't happen and then you go like to the to the other you know the other crazy thing about these shows is there's no men we're talking 50 ladies in this place and i have a girlfriend unfortunately at that moment but i'm there and i'm like the only single guy did you say unfortunately no i love this girl she loves it this is you know she's good she's great she, she's probably fucking watching this i'm totally fine like i can see her in the chat but <laughs> but when I thought about it at a practical front, it was more like, listen, I've gone to so many shows that are just a bunch of dudes and there's no ladies. And I thought about it like, yo, imagine that one time you're at the show and it's like 60 girls in the bar and you're like the only guy. And at that moment, you're not available. And you're just like, OK, I mean, it's cool. But I thought about it at like when you think about it, you're like, yo, that would have been like kind of fun and a whole other vibe in my life. Now I'm cool where I'm at. But like I thought about it at this practical level. You see these guys and they're all at these shows and they're all complaining because there's no girls there. And then there's this whole pocket of women. And you know what they were complaining? Where's the guys at? 
I'm like, right. yo, this shit's fucking whack. But yo, what I have to say is I was highly entertained and very impressed at how talented everybody is in, the, in the, those two shows that I saw. Everybody was prepared. Um, I think I saw Naya Ali before I knew who she was. And in hindsight, she was fucking ridiculously like talented. And her yeah. name has come up so much. Um, I have her on my like Montreal That's artist playlist. Fun. And there's, every time her track comes on, it's like, but to that end, she's on the way. When I met, like, nobody's a celebrity, I mean, we still kind of all on the way there. There might Maya, be. Maya Malkin is on Virgin how many weeks now? I don't know. I didn't even know that until you said it right now. I'm not going to lie. Do you know who she is? No idea, dude. He's got a pretty dope video. She did one of the performances on Honorable Records uh, for the live show in, in November. Um, um, she's on Virgin Radio right now. And, like, look, I'm not here to, like, big up people because they make the radios. No, big up people because they make the girl, radio. And I know how talented she is. And I've seen her quirky. She's fucking quirky, to tell you the truth. Like, if you go look at her videos and you see her style, she's like that. You know what I mean? And uh, so it's completely different from, like, Anaya Ali. But, like, look, if if I just know some talent in the, in this world. And, like, it, sometimes it's just blatant. You know what I mean? Like, if do you know football? Eh. Well, Tom Brady. Everyone fucking knows I Tom know who Brady. Tom Brady is. If you, what? I know who Tom Brady is, yes. <laughs> exactly. When you look at Tom Brady play, everyone knows he's fucking great. You know what I mean? So that's really what it comes down to. So you see certain people in this game, and you hope so, they're great, and and that's it. But that's actually where a guy like you comes in, because I'm a rapper first, right? Like, I'm a rapper, and then all of a sudden, I'm this interviewer media guy, and I'm like, oh, fuck, hey, eh? The world is very different. And now I scouted a lot of things in the city. You know what I saw in 2020? I liked everything that came out that I heard. And there was stuff, everything from Corleone Brown dropping that old school shit to Travis Bryant, weirdly enough, his his comrade dropping that new school shit, which is just nuts, um, to all these different fucking cats. Like even Bamboo Twigs, man, dropped two projects this year. Uh, fucking buds with that hoo-ha that gets stuck Yo, in your on, head. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The Corleone, wait, did he drop the video for that? I don't think they, I don't know if anyone dropped videos yo i'm pretty sure i filmed that that video with it <laughs> i know that he dropped an album but i don't know what happened with the video i know he did a video shoot and i said i was gonna go and then something happened in my life and um i didn't end up going because i'm a busy motherfucker and sometimes i overcommit to shit um I, th I think i was there that day and they did this whole fucking song and i was in a part of the video and shit i can i don't know that it came out but these guys are not guys that are in a rush they just drop when they want and when they're ready and stuff. I've, I've talked to Travis before on the channel and whatnot, but he's fucking great. I just more look, I just I heard so much good music this year. Then you have guys like Don Dada who are fucking just killing it on the whole other front with producers. And I know, they, but like this is the point I'm trying to say. You mentioned two songs that I was in the videos and did perform because I mean, who was what? <laughs> I mean, that whole video with butts. I, I couldn't. Okay, so here's the thing I was watching that video. <laughs> And because y'all are fucking green, it's yeah. very hard to identify anyone. And I think you're yeah, on the I'm... right of, of Buds, and I'm pretty sure that was you. And I'm like, is that Blocker? And I swear, I went back and watched that shit like six <laughs> times in a row. That that yeah, that must have been fun to film. It was pretty cool getting painted. I've never really been painted like that. Like, uh, you know, it's like, you know, trying to take next steps and like, um adventure and do certain things and like whatever it's a military song so my biggest song in the city 
that put me on the map that everyone found out who I was is the one song that I have called Salute. Um, I just sent this song to you, so you should be able to, you should be able to play it so everyone can hear it. Salute if you want to do that, hard anytime. Track. Yeah, yeah I'll How send do I... you right now. It's a military track, bro. Yo, anytime. Should... Yeah, yeah, I'll send it to you. You, you play it at some point. I'll, I'll go yeah, whenever you're ready. But, like, yeah, it's a military track that put me on the city that everyone found out, like, oh, shit. And it All actually right. got me so, into a few problems. Before we go with that, let's go back to your story. Because now we're going back into your story stuff. I love the tangents. Don't get me wrong. What story? What story? The story of Blaka. So what I'm trying to kind of accomplish with these interviews is to run through your life, in a sense. Because that way, when we want to fill out your Wikipedia page, there's sourceable media available that you said the shit, right? right? And somebody has to get it on wax. Otherwise, nobody gets Wikipedia pages and nobody's trying to get it on wax. But in general, where we're at is we know that when you're young, you have a versatile taste of music and that you have access to the tapes and, you know, you have that kind of world going on. And believe it or not, that shit's so different person to person and there are actually correlations between shit like you know having tapes has you know these people tend to be more autonomous and more versatile when their music whereas other people tend to get locked in. yo what's up sammy c some people get like locked into like sorry i said sammy sammy yo yo and then yo shout out dj crystal clear 666 for the follow because when somebody follows you on twitch the rules are you have to like shout them out that's just the rules so you got to follow the rules All right, dj um but yeah so i guess what i'm saying is is i i find that like just that tells us more about your character than you may even realize just in terms of like how you started with music because you were had access to tapes and shit. Other people just had radio and their parents were not into music at all. So there was nothing going on in their households. And then you start right. seeing this shit and it's like, yo, those people end up being the weirdo artists. And then you start seeing these little patterns and shit. So it's fucking nifty. But I'm curious. Okay, let me add to this. Let me add to this. No, I, this is the perfect venture because as soon as I get into grade seven and I'm in summer school, the Panasonic CD players just came out one of my boys like that i met in summer school had the panasonic cd player with nas the message album i, I think it was illmatic and i used to fucking love it and i used to give him weed and cigarettes to borrow the cd player so i can listen to that shit because i couldn't my parents couldn't afford that shit for me while i was in high school so i must have gotten one in like grade nine but that's when like cds came out and shit yeah, that's so how much it meant to that's amazing because it's kind of tied into like what was going to come next anyway because the, basically the beginning part is you know i was curious about new metal though because you said as a kid you you got in new metal how did that happen like what was it like in corn and all that i think you said or Limp Bizkit? I, I think it's i went to school like i, I grew up in Celeron, and uh in grade <clears throat> in grade five i moved to kirkland Mm. And when you go to Big Hill, a bunch of white people, because people be trying to say I'm white and shit, but I speak all articulate, whatever. <laughs> but like, yo, you go to fucking white school, that's what they do. They play fucking big shiny tunes and shit like that. Yeah, and that is what we do. People. I know yeah, that. They play fucking uh, Oasis and uh, uh, yeah. Our Lady Peace and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Pro prodigy shit. No, but no even that dude, big shiny <laughs> tunes. A lot of people big gonna resonate tunes. with that, right? Because yo, I know big shiny Probably tunes. Not. No, dude. Yeah. I, well, anybody in Canada, me and my girlfriend talk about big shiny tunes and the other one, much vibe, much that. Because her, it's the opposite. All the hip hop she got 
was from the fucking uh, rap one that came out. Like the the I don't I remember. Know there was MC Mario. There was MC Mario. No, but, fucking every year. Much vibe. The Macarena or something like that. But much, but, much yeah, there was much vibe. Yeah, much vibe. MC Mario and Big Shiny Tunes, bro. But there was also oh, anyway. Oh, there was one that uh that was like the counterpart. Anyway, one of those came out. I remember it had like you know that. What would you do if your son was at home? Like that album there. I just remember that shit so vividly. So I think most people in our age group grew up with that shit, and it it, it just kind of stuff. Yo, even Willie knows about Big Shiny Tunes. It's just kind of people know what this is, man. If you're in Canada, if you're not in Canada, that's right. It is what it is. <laughs> but but like at the end of the day. If you're not in Canada, maybe you don't know what it is. But that's still part of shit we grew up with. These kind of coalition di- or co- whatever these discs were actually really like significant to a lot of our pop music culture. So capturing these things and having these conversations are great for me because they remind me of shit I forgot about, and great for all of us because we can all remember together. And it's cool what because the fuck is that? what is that shit? Barbie, fuck. Aqua? I'm your Barbie girl, yeah. Len. All that fucking... Oh my gosh. Steal my sunshine. Yeah, all that fucking Sugar Ray, white pupil fucking... Bro, it was around me, you know? But then eventually rap came around. I think the first three albums I ever bought in rap was Jay-Z, Hard Knocks Volume 2, Busta Rhymes, Flip Mode Squad, and the DMX is Hot in Hell in Here. I bought them all at the same time. So what got you to the point where like you're like, I'm going to go listen to rap and start buying this shit? Uh, that's a good question. So I guess at some point I started realizing I like to freestyle. I like beats. And how old are you for that? Uh, like, huh? How old are you when that, when you realized that? I think I started, I started freestyling when I was 14. So I definitely bought the albums whenever in that range, maybe at the end of grade six, whenever they came out, you know, I had them, but like, those were the influences like listening to dmx raw dmx like i had every dmx album ever like I feel you it. know like when i used to buy albums over so were like an album i was buying okay like, i got a question does the yeah. was, was your voice this deep back then and was that part of it <laughs> were you like dmx has this voice my voice is this they just go together you know people act like my voice has been deep this whole time like they're like yeah when you're 12 you sound like that you know but like it is what it is. I guess, like, I've been smoking since I was 12, so that's a long time. Mm. You know? You know but I don't know how much... You're not the first one to say that to me about the smoking voice. But you know what's crazy about the smoking voice? I mean, it's probably, like, fucking unhealthy and nobody should encourage it. But it sounds fucking great on radio. <laughs> yeah, I guess me pretty. Yeah, I get, I get, uh, I get a coincidence. I don't know if you ever heard of the radio guy, uh, like something Hunkman Jack. He was like a radio in like the 1950s, and everyone's like, you sound like him, like multiple older people. And I went and listened to him. He does fucking sound like me, man. Hunkman Jack or something. He very, very like the most popular uh, DJ radio guy in like the 50s. And you know what? It's good to know that that exists because I'm all about music history, so I'm very curious. I'm gonna go bump that after yeah. but you know what well, I, radio, history, radio history it's music too i mean to me it's yeah, all yeah, kind of like correlated i mean you're right in the big entertainment media history is a better way to frame it media history um <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah so that's really interesting why because you know you're in high school where'd you go to high school by the way also were you born here i forgot to ask if you were born in the montreal yeah i'm born here and um so yeah where'd you go to high school 
I went to uh, Beaconsfield High, and then Straight I got up. kicked out. I got kicked out and finished at uh, where the fuck did Cal's Academy? Mm. That private school shit. Yeah, I live right by Cal's, so I know all yeah, about they, that. They it's they private. Me up. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough, man. School systems can be what they are, but I was just curious, right? Cause um, I don't know. Beaconsfield is fucking far. I mean, I know where it is. I dated a girl in Beaconsfield one time, and so like I, I was all about that area, and I learned, you know, and then uh. Yeah, Kells is over here in NDG, right? That's that one. Uh, yeah, and now I'm in the middle. I'm in Dorval. Oh, fresh. Yo, Dorval's so, dope, though. Man, you got like a lot. You got that whole like fucking strip with the bars and whatnot, with the Golfo Max and all that crap. And it's actually like a fucking lit area to be in. I'm not going to lie. Talents, yeah. It's all right, man. It's Dorval. Fuck. You know, like it's great location. Like, cause I could just get everywhere in like 20 minutes and still. So like for me, I was never one of those dudes I wanted to move out further, like mm. to Bordeaux and all that shit, you know, that's too far out. Yeah, I agree with you. But I mean, now she's all like, I want to buy a house one day. And I'm like, oh shit. I don't know if we're staying in Montreal when we end up getting to that point. Cause I mean, how does one... Um, yo, we got a question from DJ Crystal Clear, and I'm all about like these user questions because it's fun. Yeah, where's the question at? Yo, uh, I might pop up for you in a second, but ask Blocka if he listens to Southern rap. Oh, hell yeah. All right. So, let's just say probably my favorite, one of my favorites is Scarface, Mary Jane. Mm. Um, I definitely was a Nelly fan. I was a Ludacris fan. I was uh, Andre and Big Boy fan. Uh, I like how you like said Andre and Big Boy. Yeah, like, uh, like shit, uh, man. I'm trying to think of like real like Atlanta niggas, like, like Jeezy. Like, if you buried me, this is a good one. If you had to bury me with an album, and I only had like three choices, or I had one. I wouldn't be unhappy if it was Jeezy, Thug Motivation 101, and that's South. And don't get no mm. more South than, than Young G. You know what I mean? That's South. You know, and like even Master P and shit, and like old school, like Noia shit, and like uh, Juvenile and all of them, like all that South music, and Bun B from like Houston and shit like that, like uh, Trick Daddy from Miami. That's still, mm. it's East, but still South. You know what I mean? Like, to me, it's very cool. south sounding. I know it. I know. I know. I know what the south is, but like Florida is a weird one, right? Because yeah, yeah, Florida falls in that. You know, it's like east but south. What do you think of Ghetto Boys and Three Six Mafia? Because he uh, shouted those out, DJ Crystal Clear. Yeah, Ghetto Boys, man. What's that fucking nigga's name with the fucking the little fucking short little nigga? Uh, Bushwick Bill, nigga. if I'm not mistaken. Bushwick, yeah, Bushwick. Oh, yes, that that's a good one. And three six, yeah, for sure. Like three six took over at one point, you know what I mean? Like Hustle and Flow, that's still one of my favorite movies. Honestly, I'm a big fan of Three Six Mafia. Uh I don't know what it is, but like they're one of those groups where you can go back to their mixtapes in like the early nineties and they're fucking fire to listen to today. You can pretty much throw on anything from any part of their career. You might need to be in the right mood for it. Like I'm not saying that every mood is a three six mood, but if you're in that yeah, mood it's always good. Time, Shout yeah, out Project facts. Pat. When we say three six, nobody's talking Project. But shout out Project Pat with that shit, man. Yo. Fair enough. All like right. all, I like a lot of Southern artists. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's all, all good, artists. man. 
it's it's kind of how this is it's the most convoluted all over the place shit you're probably ever gonna get an interview land it's just kind of what it you is know, you know what's funny because like everyone does this shit together on twitch and like the reason i'm so comfortable doing it and i'm just gonna do what i want to do type shit is because i fucking watch enough of it like especially the gamers like the gamers are there they're talking a whole lot of shit they're talking about the people that they're watching all the people they're watching they fucking know they're in tournaments they're getting paid it's like yo what are you doing is what you're doing it's just like yo it's real life like i'm real comfortable i'm sitting in the couch on the condo i just see the screen every once in a while i see the questions coming up this is the first time really twitching i told you i'm about to get in that twitch world yeah we're gonna get I'm there to... that's the end of the I'm story of black I'm, I'm jumping in i'm convinced like this this isn't hard at all this is like this simple. is um so this is what i was saying a little bit on camera where i'm not a thousand percent uh you still with us no you are it just cuts in cuts yeah. out it happens i gotta get used no, to no. it my girlfriend is like every single time that happens you need to not say that because it's annoying and i'm like fair enough it's annoying i get it she has she has good judgment um what do you think of icp i mean i'm gonna move past the what you think of artist questions but i also it's, i'm it's curious yeah because i'm a huge fan of them so uh i'm actually very curious what you think of them i don't even i'm gonna start asking people what they think of icp well, i think I'm now, listening to no, we get it, man. You said you're plugging in. This is like the live, man. This is Twitch. This is the experience. I don't have to apologize, so you don't have to say nothing either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, we all got to learn. It's a new universe. It's very different than being at the live show where we're kind of more accustomed. But I also think the future of this shit is going to go right back into live environments. And there's absolutely no reason I can't book a bar. And fucking do this and then just stream that shit to twitch yo people fucking if you're already like well, accustomed to it why the fuck not when you're ready to do your business talk to me because the first thing you don't want to do is necessarily go to a bar that you're not like i don't know but business I was... i'll just give you business one-on-one the one tip i'll give you is just if you do that it has to be regular mm. big facts I, mean? I do know what you mean that's no, but it has to be like one of those bars where like you're a regular at the bar, you're doing shows and like the bar, you know, fills up on that one day that you go on to make it worth it. Apart from that, you're better off getting your own shit like you have right now and being able to upgrade and move forward. It's just it, the new so days. Here's what happened. I talked to Sky yeah. Beats and he put a vision in my mind. I can't say I don't. I know how to visualize my vision. I just it was an idea. I hear what you're saying though, because I agree with you. I'm all about not taking stupid risks. So it would be a lot of market research and a lot of things. But what Sky Beats told me is, imagine doing this shit. Just imagine doing this shit. Only the rapper could spit some performances live at an audience. And yo, what I predict is going to happen is Joe Rogan and Joe Budden and them. They're all going to go on tour. And they're going to normalize the idea of talk shows in in this type of an environment as a live event that people pay to go see and only when they normalize it will i even venture down that path because i am not the fucking pioneer here i just predict this is coming and i want to know that when it comes i'm ready for that opportunity but right. uh so in my head i'm going yo this is going to end up being like a bigger like thing man if i can figure it out in terms of the live event because yo it would be imagine that and then you could just have people asking questions like in the fucking audience and shit it would be fucking fire um 
But anyway, um, I do want to continue going through it because I bet your life is interesting. You've done a lot of fascinating things. Nobody fucking name drops all the people that you performed for. Nobody fucking is sitting there planning the way you are, dropping the kind of boss man knowledge nuggets you're dropping so far throughout this interview without a life that has some interest in it. Now, usually I find it really starts to pick up after high school, right? So, but even to that end, in high school, you're doing some shit and we got a little couple of questions to still get through. Do you dance? Are you a dancer at all? <laughs> it's okay if you're not. I'm a terrible dancer, but sometimes... I'm a, I'm a North American great dancer and I'm a Caribbean shitty dancer, put it that way. I respect the shit like, out of I'm that. Like anywhere, I'm like anywhere in this world a good dancer. Let me rephrase that. Anywhere in this world I'm a good dancer, but in the Caribbean, <laughs> like... I got told how to dance. So, like, it, they don't dance the same way in the Caribbean. So, like, you really got to be on your game out there and really know what you're doing to, like, get a girl to, like, grind up on you and, like, do shit. Because, like, you got to understand, like, in the Caribbean, you can have, like, 10 girls shake their ass on you and they can have, like, boyfriends or, like, shit like that. And, like, it really doesn't mean anything. So it's kind of weird. But at the same time, it's just, like, everyone just dances with everyone. So, like, as guys... I got taught, like, you just post up and just let them do their shit and fucking move your arms type shit. But in North America, you see how they be doing their tours. Like, they don't give a fuck. They're bouncing left and right. You can grab a girl however you want from the waves. We do all type of shit, fucking whatever. And it's cool. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, out here, I know how to dance. I'm like, anything you do looks good out there. It's just like, yo, you're better off just playing your role and posting up, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's big advice, <laughs> like, man. Straight up. I love straight it. Up. Like, like straight up so yeah i did dance in like grade seven that's it and then like obviously you got to dance or perform or like you know whatever you you know i can fucking slow dance with a girl you know what i mean like i can fucking bring a girl back and forth and like spin her around you know what i yo, mean but that's like, even important shit people don't even know how important it is yo because let's say you in corporate land right <clears throat> so i do office parties at work i'm in like day job land a whole long you know that the guys who can do that you know, because in that world, too, if you're at an office party, for some reason, you can dance with who you want and it's OK. It doesn't really matter. I'm not yeah. necessarily saying for myself. I'm saying for a lot of people, those are the rules. So if you know how to do it all, everyone has eyes on you in that moment. So that's actually a big fucking move in the right circumstances to be able to do that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, I think uh, like the best way of saying it is like it's not a problem to be multi-talented. And, and, and like, hey, you know what? Like. I put it this way. I don't think rap is a hobby to me. I mm. think it's more than a hobby. Okay. Although I'm not, you know, but have I written music and sold it? Yeah. Have I performed? Do I know how to record? Do I know how to freestyle? Can I do all these things? Yeah. Am I like the best at them? No, but I understand structure. But at the same time, like for evolution of whatever people want to do, like there's, there's following, there's people that like, walk down the street and they all walk the the same way i've never been the kid to walk down that way i'll be mm. on the other side of the street so like no matter what envisions i feel like i want to do sometimes orchestrating and being patient is the best way to go about things because you have to believe in yourself and like really to be successful you only have to be right once if you think about it you don't have to be right a million times you don't have to fucking be right every day you just have to be right once so like 
I believe in people that keep trying, innovators. Innovators try to fucking build 30, 40, 50, fucking 60 different things. And then eventually they're like, boom, there we go, man. Mm. So I never put down anybody for trying, but I will put you down for not being responsible. Like your choices, like you shouldn't be hungry, but I see you smoking weed type shit. You know what I mean? Like, and that that's like on a personal level. Yeah, shit. Dude, it's fair enough. Boy, Look, here's know? the thing. Um, even just let's talk about weed. I smoke a lot of weed now, but I can afford yeah. it now. If I go back to like 2012, 2013, when I had all the energy in the world, if I had just not smoked pot and I had just not done that, dude, I would have popped or something. I'm not like saying I would have popped, but like I would have focused myself and created some shit and ridden some waves and gotten some you know some shit happening but instead it was like put out the song then go spend 300 dollars on pop before investing in my music again and it's like you know with that kind of work ethic i sincerely and legitimately handicapped my career until i was willing to do things like you know make sure that my sound engineer gets a salary every month because you know what a sound engineer that gets a salary every month even if it's a small number it's not a big number it's the night he likes the number but he gets that every month. Why? Because he it shows him that I'm loyal to him as much as I want him to be like loyal to me kind of thing, right? So I started making choices like that. I started investing in gear and my whole life changed. So I feel what you're saying about it because if you really, even to add to the innovator thing, yo, this is not my first rodeo, this whole fucking like interview shit. This is maybe like the fifth. I like it though. But it's like I the- I like it. It might be like the fifth or sixth thing I've tried. I've tried some other shit. I tried to be a gamer even on Twitch. I suck at being a gamer on Twitch. It's not my shit. But I spent five years failing and learned how to like talk in a way where I can kind of roll with shit and, and have a presence on. This isn't even my first presence on camera. I tried to be an asshole. I tried to be funny. Nah, people like it when I'm fucking goofy and sincere. So I had to learn all of this shit. So through failure, you end up actually learning stuff so that when the right cards align you're able to keep the shit that starts to appear i had to learn so much shit to be able to be able to like handle even doing the workload that comes with this life and how back to that trusting the only reason i'm even able to maintain the pace of interviews i have this week was trusting yeah. having other people come into this team and help handle different elements of it i can't be my video editor anymore I just can't do it, you know? I can't also write all the copy. I can't, all, because then I can't have the conversations and be ready to go and be fresh and with the energies and shit. Anyway, so I'm saying is everything you're saying completely resonates with me at every level of how to be successful and it's all relative to success, you know? And you know what's crazy about today? It's never been so unage-gated, as in you could pop at 50 in a way that was probably never possible in the past, in many ways, in pretty much every field, yeah, and it's fucking dead. weird. Sorry? Because you'd be dead. Because you would only live to 55 or 60. That's the Big reality. facts. So now people you know live I mean? to like a lot older. I think 70s or 80s is the average age yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. You're good if you live till 75, 80, man. Like, like, obviously, people would want you to live longer. But, like, if you can make it to 75 or 80, you know, it's not too young to go. Like, it's better than what others had. You know mm. what I mean? That's the realistic way I can look at it. But it, like, look, people live at their house longer now. Like, you have people that live at their house till they're 30 or 35, and, like, it's not unnormal now. Um, mm. We're in a different generation where you got to adapt with times. 
like new new technology comes out, you got to do it. Like they used to fucking make cars that had keys. They make cars that push the start now. Soon there's going to be cars that start in a different fucking way. And you just got to know how to do it. You know, laptops went from computers to laptops to flip phones to smartphones. And you got to adapt with the times and move forward. Some don't. And it won't ever affect anything they do in life. For others, it will. For people like ourselves that need to use audio and like do little things like that, yeah, you got to kind of maintain what you're doing. Like my fucking dentist, he's like a second father to me. The man still went to school when he was like 55, he was teaching fuck to make sure he can just be the best of who he can. So I think the one, and I know I'm not here to give advice. No, you're here to, to give advice. You're here to give advice. Oh, I'm here to give advice? Please don't. Don't not take chances and fucking look twenty years back later and regret Big and facts. don't do shit you don't and don't do shit you really don't like. I don't think anyone's really successful. I understand there's a grind, and I'm not saying don't do what you have to do <clears throat> to like survive and be better. But in the end, don't do it if you don't fucking like it. Big Just facts. don't. Like it. Just That's don't why I like. like People keep Just asking don't. me for album reviews now, and I'm like, I don't like doing album reviews like I used to, so I don't want to do them. Let's do an interview instead. That's fun. And I don't think people... So what happened yeah. to me is earlier this year even, I was fucking miserable by the summer. I was not having fun. My Patreon, the way I had structured it was stupid, and I was selling reviews too cheap. And effectively, um, it overtook our lives, and they were telling us what to review. And then it's like, yo, this isn't even for me anymore. I don't even get a say in this shit after months, and it really frustrated me. And it, in, even in this world where maybe you might like something, when it stops being your vision of what you want it to be, it's not fun. And if it's not fun, because yo, you'll put yourself through hell for anything you think is worth doing, right? You'll, you'll, you'll. It's not. Like the grind becomes an enticing, amazing thing when you feel that like equilibrium of all the things feeling right in your soul as you're pursuing it, right? So well, that's, is it hard? Is it is it hard to make your bed? Yes, I mean to do it in the if, morning. If, yes. If it's hard to make your bed, then it's probably gonna be hard to do anything else. It's very hard to because do everything. The, <laughs> because the answer should be no. It's not hard okay. to keep your house clean. It's not hard to wash dishes. It's not hard to clean your bathroom. It's not hard to make your bed. But it is hard to get up at 6.30 in the morning with three kids going to your first job in the winter with no car, minus 40, taking the bus during COVID to go feed your kids, go there, come back home, go fucking to the daycare. Those things are hard. So yeah, when I go to hard. someone's house, and when, when I go to someone's house, and I'm like, yo, you're fucking nasty and you're not doing anything that really lets me feel like it. Then I'm like, yo, in my mind, if we're close enough, we're okay. I'll tell you. If not, I may not be back because that's that's wrong. And yo. like you're talking to one second, you're talking to someone that came from the life of doing drugs. I know how nasty that is to people to see yourself destruct. So when you see placement and like the way people keep their stuff too that's also a judgment of like that it shouldn't be hard so like if you really like doing something i guess no one likes making their bed well it's no. okay so here's the thing it's really hard for me to want to make my bed at 6 30 in the morning i could make my bed at 1 p.m very easily 
But is it hard? That's all. No, I okay. Is it hard to make a bet? No, it's right? not hard. I may have mistaken your question in a yeah. quite literal thing because I, you said in the morning. So in the morning, it's extremely hard for me to make my bed. That's some shit that like my I can't like I'm fucking. It takes me like two hours to turn into a person. But I have other I shit like, I do in the morning to like make up for it. I walk around. I get steps in and shit. anyway. That's not the point. My bed's not even made. I didn't make my bed. But I get what you're I trying to say it, because it the truth be is. <laughs> So here's the, here's where it gets hard. I've been like, I mean, I've, I've done a look. There's no such thing as an extremely 100% enjoyable process. So I appreciate what you're saying. If you're going to complain about the fucking smaller little details of shit, you're probably not going to be able to maintain anything. Because here's the problem. I love elements of this. There are elements of this I don't like here. Even take music. I like writing songs, dude. I love performing songs. I'm not sure I really like fucking recording songs anymore. I, I do it because it's part of the right. job, but it's where 80% of my time ends up going now is in fucking recording because it's just, I'm not great at it anymore. I don't know. Fucking it is what it is. The writing is yeah. amazing. Performing is amazing. Promoting is all, all the other parts of being an artist I love. But then if you, there's that one part I don't like. So to your point, if I'm not willing to like do it, I'm not going to get it done. And that's where I think we were really going with it. You, see, you need to be able to be willing to do things. And to your, to if you actually have to do all that shit, dude, fuck, eh? I don't even have kids, man. So I fucking feel like a spoiled brat right now. But, yo, that's well, big respect. I'm, not, I'm definitely not talking about myself. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I was not talking about myself. I got no kids. If I got kids, nobody told me about it. They just running around, like, real talk. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> like, I, I, I've, been in a, I've been in my car. Actually, I'm not even driving now. I get my license back on the ninth, but I've been in cars and seen these women. And my dad taught me a lesson back in the day where, like, going down, I don't fucking know where we're going, somewhere in Dorian. And there are some, like, hitchhikers. And I was like, ah, oh, they're bums or whatever, you know? And my dad's like, yo, if you say that again about any of them, I'm picking one of them up. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I tested that nigga. And that nigga told, he showed me. What happened? I fucking made fun of this. Like, oh, look, another one. He's like, oh, yeah, pulled over. She fucking got in the car. She fucking stank like fucking shit. I think we we're going fishing or something. She stank like fucking shit. She, he drove her right to fucking her house, like this old barnyard, like back in fucking Dorian, like years ago before it was developed. And he taught me a lesson of understanding you don't know who's who when you're walking the street. And like, that's why you have to be careful. But at the same time, you know, like that person is that type of person. Like they, mm. they're living that life. You know, they came from, like, well, my parents came from, like, my mom's from Jamaica, my dad's from Guyana, South America. They came here, like, both Irish backgrounds. Like, you know, my great grandmother, I knew her from Ireland, white. Like, my family's half split, segregation, all this shit, and they come here, and you know, I felt in points of my life where. I'm not being responsible enough by not being somewhat successful. What do I deem success? My happiness is number one with that because I don't want to be depressed or angry about shit that I caused for myself. So all these things lead into the success of like the other things because where am I concentrating my, my efforts? Is it cleaning myself up or is it producing in life and being able to do an interview like this? And being able to like really like dive deep and understand like things are okay bro like uh 
I'm in my condo. I'm by myself. Like, I got my PS4. I'm fucking chilling. I can fucking afford my own beers and cigarettes and weed and all that shit. I can take care of all the things I need to take care of. But at the same time, to be able to do that, every once in a while, I do shit I don't like. You know? And not being a yes man or whatever, it's just you got to play the roles and you got to help in certain ways sometimes. I like what you're saying there because I would argue... I don't like everything my company does. I can't go into details on some literal contract shit, but there are elements of the software industry that are very dark and evil and ethically make me feel like I'm no better than anybody that does any dirt because we just do legal dirt. Not that my company breaks the law to make it abundantly clear my company is very much legal and shit, just, but at an ethical front, some of the practices can be construed as doing dirt if you were to flip it into another industry. And yo, when I listen to Griselda, I take notes so we can do better at work with software, okay? Because there's so much between the crack game, and I'm not saying you sell crack, but between the crack game and uh, the software game, right? There's so much between these two industries that are so fucking fascinatingly similar that I'm like, yo, I don't necessarily like what I do for my day job. It's just what I got to do to finance what I want to do until this can pay my shit. Sorry? So what is it exactly? So, yo, I work for a software company. They, um, They operate and own a bunch of software, PDF editor, a fucking photo editor, a bunch of random shit. When I dug in, man, they have published shit on the Switch, some random ass title. Like, they'll fucking fuck with anything they can. They're a big France conglomerate. We're on the France Stock Exchange. Nine-figure shit, I think, is the value. Um, I'm responsible for community management uh, and reputation management and social media shit. So we're building out a little social media team under me. Because, like, we get, I don't know, fucking three, 4,000 comments on our pages for paid ads and crap. So, trust me when I say I know what the fuck real social media f- paid Facebook looks like in a way that I don't think many of my peers in this city have ever seen paid social media to budgets that I've seen. Because um, my company has real fucking money. And so they have to push it. Yo, you see their shit all over if you fucking go up photo editing land because that's how the game is played. Right. So you doing that allows you to do this, which makes you happy in the end. Yeah. And then now that I understand how this world works because of my day job, yo, you guys don't even understand. I've been in this place for 10 years. So for 10 years, I've gotten an education in customer service, uh, community building, how software and technology evolves because I've been in a software company the last, like let's say involved in a software for like six, seven years now. Um, And then social media has been part of my job for like six years too. So how social media evolves. Um, All of this is part of what I get paid to learn. Part of my half, okay, my job is like this, dude. I have to Google shit, learn shit, come up with a plan and then organize the people to make the plan come to life. Like I'm basically like a, a student almost. It's fucking crazy. I've... I don't hate my job. I don't like corporate America in the way that it manifests itself because stock prices are fucked up and it's all about growth and da 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 da. But what I actually do for a living is not very dissimilar. I do webinars. You know what's the difference between a fucking webinar and this? Nothing. There's no real difference, dude. It's just I'm talking yeah, about software what then. A seminar is like face to face. A webinar is face to face on camera. There yeah. is a big difference. No, but I meant like this kind of like conversation, what we're doing here versus what I'm doing at work. It's the same setup. It's the same gear. It's the same software. It's just a different audience and a different subject matter. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, right. And you just need to be articulate and understand what you're talking about, right? So like a lot of people can like 
they could say like, you know, they can name me like every capital in the fucking world, but they can't count backwards from 100 to zero. You know what I mean? That's like, an interesting so, thing. Right? So, uh, like, I'm good at understanding what you're good at. Like, yeah. that's what I do. That's the best thing I can do. I'll figure it out. I'll see it. I'll, I'm a good examiner. I'm a good evaluator. I'm pretty sure I can tell most of the times that I'm accurate with, like, what I believe. And, like, obviously, you're going to be wrong sometimes. But, Big like, facts. that's life, you know? That's life. Yo, half the fun is predicting. Like, I follow this guy, Scott Galloway. He's a big-time marketer. I'm so excited. My girlfriend bought me one of his books. Um, but I was watching his uh, – it was an hour, half video, whatever that he did on his predictions for 2021. And he starts off with what he got wrong the previous year. He does this every year. So they do predictions all year. Like Amazon's going to go into healthcare. So I've been watching this now a couple of years. And yo, it's not about being right. It's about predicting. It's about getting into the habit of paying attention right. to make these exactly. kinds of educated guesses. Because yo, I promise you one thing. If you start paying attention to the, the patterns... You start going, yo, maybe the PS5 is is a weird is in a weird place. Like here's my prediction. Sony does an ecosystem quite the same way that all of its competitors do. And if you look at how everybody's moving to subscription model services in the future of life, I mean my computer out hardware's a PS5 and it's two years old. Right? So I mean, end of the day, uh Microsoft is my team. I get the pay pass. I get all the Microsoft games, right? Just because like I'm I'm a Microsoft guy. Yeah. And so that's an ecosystem. Apple's getting into gaming. Apple has an ecosystem. I'm like, yo, Sony's ecosystem is so like and I might be wrong, guys. I could be wrong. I don't know that so Sony's not that Sony has no place five years from now in the big picture. In in the world of entertainment, in the place that yeah. it's owned. Because See, that's not a prediction, that's a bold prediction. It's, it is bold Sorry. prediction. That's a bold prediction. And I that's could be very wrong. That's a bold prediction that Sony in five years, are you joking me? You, you, there's so many Sony classics of like equipment that they would never go broke. So but no, no, like, I didn't mean the company. I meant the idea of like the PlayStation land being quite yeah, as relevant yeah, as a powerhouse. But why are they not now? Like they, since PlayStation, the first one came out, who runs things? It's only PlayStation, Xbox, and, and, and Nintendo, which Nintendo was Nintendo, Super, Sega fell out. There's only like three competitors. All right, so let me come through with this. I can answer this shit with some bigger points. 5G. Yo, hold on, hold on. On Twitch, when you, someone needs to take a piss, how do you do that? Oh, you just tell me, and then you go take a yeah. piss. Yeah, okay. That's, that's what's happening, dog. Anyway, I just want to elaborate, Blocka, that this is what I would call a thought experiment that I'm having publicly with you, even if it is a bold fucking prediction. I could be very fucking wrong. And I don't mean that Sony doesn't have a place, but I'm saying that certain things are changing in the world, such as 5G. 5G is about to make mobile way big. In a way what do you that... mean? PlayStation 5 has 6G. That's fine. But 5G makes mobile internet very powerful in a way that lets people do shit like watch YouTube and a bunch of shit that could never have happened before. But it also lets them play fucking powerful games via streaming uh, to a device. Now, I understand that Stadia failed, but Stadia is a concept that's actually got a lot of power if somebody can deliver it right. So what I'm saying is that it's going to end up getting really fucking ecosystem-y. 
And so what I mean by that is Apple and Microsoft and everybody's going to provide the same shit in five years. And it's just going to yeah. be who has the best ecosystem. So what I'm wondering is how does Sony compete with Microsoft? Well, like, the same way they've been competing. First of all, they're it's a PC to a, a system, right? So like everyone building these PCs, but PCs still have like hackers and all the different types of shit. If you want the fastest ooh. gaming possible, PC is going to be the way. I think when it comes to gaming, already with the virtual reality stuff and all that different type of shit that they have going on, they have the money to keep on doing this. Like, if you look at the, I was looking at Sony stock before the PlayStation dropped. I haven't actually looked at it again, but they were like at $75 a fucking stock, man. Like, when are they losing money? Gaming only goes best for even times like this and even after people love wasting mm, their time no nah, you're right their stock fucking money. their stock actually jumped that's a good point now here, here, here's the thing i'm not actually a console gamer so a little bit i sometimes make my predictions a little bit based on what i want and what my exposure so there's a whole lot to console gaming that i can't relate to and so sometimes hearing somebody like you just express the benefits of it sometimes or to even go, yo, check the stock price. Yo, I think the PS5 did very well and it's going to do it extremely well as a console. But I'm trying to, what's the, I think this is the end of consoles and it moves into post consoles after this, right? Like how, how does the console game stay forever when we are going to move? Like that's, that's what I'm trying to understand. Like how does this really happen? They will be, they will be the creators of whatever comes out next. What they will do is do what every market does. Here's an example. I'm watching Shark Tank, and this girl goes on Shark Tank, and she made ice cream. Ice cream with vegetables in it that tastes fucking delicious. She did not get a deal from the sharks. Why? Because every major competitor that makes ice cream will just fucking make the same ice cream and bully you out. So Sony has that budget. Sony is a fucking almost a billion-dollar company. They're owned by... How many other universal and all okay. this shit? They I accept what you're saying. Budget. Everything so you're one, saying one is really company, good. Yeah, I'm sorry. So one one company creates something, then PS will just Sony will just look at it and just copy it. All and right, then become, I'm a competitor. I accept that. That's actually a really powerful fucking um, idea because in the idea of ecosystem, Sony has something that a lot of people that I undervalue because I've never really been a team Sony guy, but brand loyalty. And um, you're right. They have a finesse to them. They're very Apple in the way that Microsoft is not. So they're like Apple about how they approach video gaming, I would argue. It looks sleek. The experience, even like the startup screen is sleek. And so when I'm really thinking about what you're saying, when I really think about their position, because, yo, they have money. It was never really about the question of Sony. They do a lot of shit that is big fucking money where even their video game department might not be the biggest source of their money kind of thing, you know? I think it's a huge yeah, source well, of their money. They're in movies. They're they're in entertainment, right? They they're have in everything. Such unlimited budget. They're terrible at movies, though. I don't know. They make some good movies, but like they make like they got everything. Like you got to look at these companies. These are like the the companies that wait to steal your ideas. You know what Ooh. I mean? Like they wait for the next person to do it, and they steal the ideas. That's basically it. So like in the end, they will always survive. I'm sorry I'm making noise. I'm cooking right now. Yo, we good, I'm man. 
listen, I starve for this kind of conversation in my life. Do you think people really want to talk to me about my predictions about Sony in a serious way and discuss the nuances of why Sony stands a chance in the bigger market? No, nobody wants to have that. My girlfriend most certainly does not want to talk to me about that, and I'm not allowed to see anybody for the next, like, fucking three weeks. So this is delightful for me, dude. I'm um, You got to cook. You got to do what you got to do. I respect it. Yeah, we got to eat still. Like, this is why, like, being an entertainer and stuff like this and, like, doing something like this and being it, be, and it being natural, it's like you got to be able to multitask and do mm. different things, you know? Like, what could be hard or what not hard? But in the end, these big companies like this, I don't doubt that these companies survive longer than the others because they already have the market. Like, everything's a monopoly. When I was in university, I did a media class. And this media class basically told you like yo all these companies are fucking owned by like there's only eight media companies that own all the media companies you know what i mean yes they do like like there's not like you know there's warner and there's comcast and there's shit like that and then there's a million different networks that go underneath it and like nobody would ever know or believe this but that's how it is so no i mean I actually am following you, right? So I follow this guy on YouTube. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. But anyway, man's breaks down like shit, like how PepsiCo owns everything. It's, he has a whole series like Mars is bigger than you think. And this company is bigger than you think. And when you really look at the structure of corporations, it's really eerie how um, like really it's all just like umbrella corporation after umbrella corporation so that when you're looking at the brand at the bottom and you trace it back up there really is only like i don't know eight fucking major corporations in any industry that deals with everything like it's life is more of an oligopoly than it ever i don't know if about the past but it's very oligopoly like these days in a big fucking way it's not it's definitely not a free ish market in the way that we understand a free market in the textbooks it's just they they run it they own it and like that's what it comes down to and like they're not giving it up to anybody and you gotta have money to do it so um like there was this company that i was looking at from the twitter feed it was a company that was supposed to compete with um elon musk called fisker electrics and their stock rose so much that if i would have bought the stocks and sold it i would have made like three thousand in like two two weeks and i never went to do it and now elon musk is like the second richest guy in the world and all of a sudden like any stock advantages you thought you would have had in any other market is now gone because his stocks are worth so much he's gonna pump so much money into just like making billions into electric. So how do you come <laughs> you worth so much money? You can't compete. You just buy every company out. When you can't compete with a company, you buy it. Mm. Now they are you're now your company. And even if you like go back into the world of software, um, a lot of people don't know this, but in a lot of ways, app developers create apps with the specific intent of having one of the big four, uh, the one of the big four buy you out. That's actually a goal. Like you're not ever going to be successful. And if they don't buy you, they will steal your idea because like you just have to look at reels as a recent example of a comp. You know that reels copied uh, TikTok almost like pixel for not pixel per pixel that probably just enough to avoid copyright. But they flat out stole uh, the TikTok concept with like no fucking anything other than. Yeah, we're just doing it too. I'm like, so to your credit, 
I think Sony is the kind of people that can wait for people to figure out something like a VR and then drop the Sony VR experience and that VR experience outperforming everybody else's and they have the power to just wait for everybody else to fuck up. So yeah, wasn't it, wasn't it Nintendo that started first with with the Wii and then Xbox started their thing and then PlayStation came out with their fucking remote? No. Mm. Does PlayStation have a remote thing now? I, don't, I haven't really been following. They used to have the remote on the PS3, like the, the virtual reality remote type shit, yeah. Mm. But I, I, I definitely know they had a PSVR at one point, and it didn't do very well. And I probably, they probably, now that I'm thinking about it from everything that you're saying, which is actually super helpful, right? Because um, I'm happy to be wrong. I like being wrong. Being wrong means I have better not, ideas in not, the future. You're not wrong. Remember, it's a bold prediction, so you're actually not wrong. <laughs> That's fair, but I might refine my prediction a lot after this conversation because you brought up many factors I hadn't considered with relation to uh, their longevity and their power. Like they can afford to even if they had, like they almost went bankrupt over the fucking PS4 or the PS3 or whichever one had the Blu-ray came out. And I know that because I was working at a video store at the time and at first the Blu-ray didn't do the pornos and um, they were having some trouble getting all the fucking... uh, (laughs) Because HD, HD DVDs was a thing back then, if you remember, and Microsoft had banked on them. But HD DVD did the pornos, and the pornos gave them enough money to be a splitting and dividing factor and creating a war with Sony that Sony was at that time not in the best position to fight. So Sony compromised its values and started working with porno, and within 30 fucking days, dude, HD DVD was done. And so when you look at the situation now, they probably learn from that, and they probably are ready like they are ready and that's the kind of shit i wasn't really thinking about was how ready they are to handle the situation like this and how okay they are with not being first they don't have to be first they're fucking sony you know yeah exactly they don't have to be first that's a fucking great point whereas facebook has every fucking desire and intention right now of being first in this new era of video game markets of virtual reality because they're not even a contender until until virtual reality is an arm. Upon which Facebook's gonna be a monster, because they are gonna have a lot of experience and threshold in the future of this. Microsoft's also prepping for VR though. Don't get me wrong. They have that. I don't know if you ever seen their fucking um, Hololens series that they're working on, where it's like VR no. AR hybrids and like yo, this shit's way out of my price point. This is like trying to entice my ceo to buy it to play with more than it is trying to get me so they're like 3500 dollars per unit type shit and that's like prototype levels but um basically yo it's like you would put on this headset and the whole room becomes a workspace and it's like a combination of like vr and ar and everything and it's like fucking nuts how this shit ends up playing out but uh so i'm seeing all these people putting into money and then i'm thinking you're right sony's just skipping the r&d costs right now they're not fronting that bill this time Fair enough. I, I can see that point. But you said something interesting about taking media in university. So we know that in let's go back just to recap a little bit. So we know in high school you was uh, freestyling and you got into music in that regard. Um, <clears throat> what else were you doing with, with uh, music at that time? Were you actually serious about it or was it just kind of a casual thing? Well, I don't know if you, it's funny that he just hollered at me to um, help out one of his artists the other day, but uh, David Hodges Yo. was the first person I recorded at. Yeah, so Hodges was the first place I ever recorded from. Okay. And we, we all came from the West, 
So that was like a big influence in like seeing someone like himself like take it so serious. But also Buds was one of those type of people when he asked me about what I felt about rapping and I basically he's like, Is it a hobby for you? And I was like, eh. He's like, Well it's not a hobby for me, man. You know what I mean? And right. I understood from that point, it's a hobby for some, it ain't a hobby for others. But you gotta show your respect to what people do and you can't like you can not like people or like people, but respect is a different thing and like understanding like someone's hustle or what they really believe in what they want to do makes a big difference you know what i mean so i do know what you mean and i like that you said that that's a big time knowledge nugget because yo some people treat music like a passion or a hobby and that's cool there's no disrespect to that other people treat it like a business and they may also be a passion and a hobby they could also be people who do both we'll say but i think in what you're saying is there's worth identifying the individuals and what they are and let's be clear david hodges is fucking legit he's a guy that i don't think enough people know about so i know him because i went to abbott and yeah one, one time i was at the agora and at the agora you know david, crazy cake i do not but um i know that one time i was at the agora and david hodges rapped and that was the first time i ever saw a rapper rap live in my fucking life and it was David Hodges at John Abbott College. And he was still on that double time fucking super fast shit. And like, yeah. yo, it blew my fucking mind, dude. And he's like 19. Oh. Then I'm working yeah. at the Super Club Videotron. And uh, one of the, my colleagues is his friends with uh, the Jessica girl. So David Hodges is effectively in the video store renting movies for me for like two fucking years at this point in life. So I really like David Hodges. He's a humble fucking dude. But yo, when you actually go listen to his albums, and that guy has like eight, nine multiple albums before he went and transitioned into the kind of guy he is now. Like, yo, his music like the is orchestra type shit. <laughs> Sorry? The orchestra type shit. Ah man. And though well he does a lot of helping community shit now. Like he's one of the most community involved, like gives back motherfuckers, I think really is out there and to that end not enough people like i just think know who he is i don't know he's a guy worth looking up he's very talented and when he said his name it just made me think yo people need to know how much david hodges does to give back to the fucking world right now um well that's the that's the reason why the names that i dropped like influential names they mean something because they might not be the biggest to everybody but like yo i'm saying these i'm saying the name because like it's something special and like that was the first place i ever recorded in my life and then after that i had never recorded anywhere else yeah i recorded in a few places but any of my songs that i ever did that i ever did like to show rock or whatever they were all done at buds's condo or in the studio at buds's i i think i did one at, at sky's for the song that that we did we did not that we did but me and cy did mm. i did um, I did the first recording there. I think I changed it up at uh, Cali's. But like, yeah, man, like this type of shit, like these people, man, to me, man, like yeah, they're big when you names. Talk about dedication and work. They put that dedication and work in a hundred percent. There is no denying it. Yeah, I'm just. I think it's cool that you said David Hodges because when I start my story, if anyone were to do this with me. That guy is a huge part of it. I think David Hodges is when I said, wow. Like, uh, that's the first time I saw a real-life person do it, you know? And he was local. 
and he was good. It wasn't like, yo, anyway. But so that's really cool. That really had me happy. Also, crazy enough, Sammy C says uh, Hodges was her sub teacher. So, like, yeah, that's how Hodges fucking connected, how yeah, connected Hodges he is. Yeah, Hodges is a teacher. Hodges is a teacher. I think he still teaches and shit. But I know he's on the, the Big Mac shit. He has an artist from, like, Winnipeg. He, he got just dropped an album, and I, mm. and I, I put a little support about the album and stuff. So that's how I ended up talking to Hodges. But, like, if Hodges didn't just, like, reach out like that, but him reaching out to me and, you know, talking with me was fucking dope because, like, yo, we grew up together. So there's a million people in the West that I could say about that. That, you know, I want to shout out to everyone that knows that I got love for them. I don't got to mention every name, but yeah. in the end, you know, um, there's a lot of artists that I grew up with out here in this city. There's a lot of artists that I fuck with. There's a lot of artists that I know that do their shit in so many different ways. And it's just a blessing. And it's unfortunate that nobody blows up, but like, yo, a lot of those people that you mentioned are thing, eating though. Prediction. I'll make a prediction. And I said it, I said it prior to the pandemic. And I'm going to say it after the pandemic. And it's already in fruition, but look, in the next two years, we are going to have a major Montreal artist. Facts. I don't know what genre this is going to be, or if it's guy or girl, but someone's going to be no, major. I, like, dude. There's K-Bands, and there's Enema, and there's Tizo, and all these guys are major in the French market, but I mean no, major, we can have it. like, international. Yo, dude, like, dude, 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 when you look at the youth, when I look at the, what the young people are making... Oh, man, I'm convinced. I am the choir here. I am seriously so convinced that this is not going to be just that. I think Montreal might dominate this decade is how much talent is just ready to pop off here to go. Because here's the thing. Once that floodgates open and people dig into Montreal, there is so much fucking talent here that it's nuts. And here's the other side. There's so many producers here. And there's so much ecosystem here. Now, people may argue it's been disorganized for a while and there's a lot of past times, but now the world changed. So everybody gets a reset and we can come back in. We have name producers. Yo, we have some fucking people that like, yo, you're right. Grammys, name producers, like, uh, I don't know. We we have that. We have that. So like when I see that and then and then I see how like so many people are building, even the fact that like people have interest in what I'm doing, right? The fact that people have interest in what I'm doing with these interviews just shows that there's something happening in the city right now that has people not in the same vibe to me as like other things. And then even when you speak of Cali, which I think is crazy because you brought him up, he's my guest tomorrow. So it's like fucking nuts. That, like, yeah, he is. He doesn't, like, I haven't seen him do some shit like this for a minute, so I feel blessed as fuck that he's going to come on and uh, be my guest uh, tomorrow. Tell him, tell him, tell him I what's good. I'm planning on it, man. Just, but the fact that he comes up and he's touched so many people, like, that's a guy who almost eats completely off of the music. Um, then you look at, like, a guy like Buds. He's got so much built up for himself. And, yo, I talked to Buds for a long time. Like, we talked off camera almost as long as we talked on camera, and I really appreciate his ethic. Um he the way yeah. he 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 does stuff and i'm like yo okay i get you now i understand you in a way where i did not maybe before but you're right he takes it very fucking seriously so i think in a lot of ways all the pieces are in place for it to like line up proper but i love the names you mentioned because i well anyway sky is fucking ridiculous too with it all these people you mentioned are, are like serious they're paid off of it in a sense they're not like people that are just casual with it and i really like that about that list of names that you gave before but um I do, uh, 
so you you basically roll in with buds back then and then um he's very serious with it at what point are you like like i don't know you are you trying to be a rapper at first are you trying to be something else at first so this is what really happened okay i i was in a relationship for five and a half years okay and i went out and moved out to ontario to be with my girlfriend and at one point i got an offer from CBC for an internship program that okay. I, I turned down, okay? And at that time, Buds was just starting, and I think there was, like, THC 24-hour radio, and he was telling me, like, yo, man, like, we'll set it up, bro. We'll set it up. Like, you can just do the radio from there. Like, don't even worry about it. You'll do it from there. It's all good. Like, let's do it. And I was like, nah. But what happened is I came home from one Christmas, when I came home for the Christmas, Buds had just finished doing the skate, uh, the one on Verdun. Yep. He had just finished it. So he said, yo, bro, come and check this whole fucking shit out. So I checked it out, and he had a room in the basement, and I was already thinking of coming back to Montreal. I broke it. I, you know, ended the relationship. I was thinking of coming back to Montreal, and I was like, yo, you got this room for me? He's like, yeah, man. So he hooked me up with the room. So hooked me up with the room. I started trying to do the music thing, but realized, like, wait a minute, I, I ain't getting that money. So I spoke I said, yo, man, how can I get this fucking money? Like, yo, this doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I can't just be making, like, 15% or 20% or whatever, or just doing, like, 10% or, like, I need, like, money, bro. Like, I need to make this a job. And he's like, well, you need to find a niche. You need to find something that's good for you. So that's when I ended up stumbling because of certain people into the radio thing. And then that's how we turned the radio thing into Makeway Radio. Yeah, and I that's know. how that whole fucking thing started with me doing radio and finding my niche and like understanding with so, that. Then I started hosting and doing major events. So you asked me like- I gotta pause you there actually. Life. We gotta yeah. pause there. Makeway Radio is actually kind of significant to behind that suit in a big fucking way. <clears throat> One of your guys. Do you remember Chris Crumb? He did, he did 360 some weed smoke show on Makeway Radio. And I noticed because I came down to be on the show one time, and that's when I met you. You were there. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. So, Chris. I'm trying to think about when we did the weed show. Okay. This is like uh, 2016. You know how I noticed? Because Chris was doing this. I went down there. I did this little interview with him. And then not long after, he started podcasting with me, and we started building behind that suit. So that's yeah, but who did he do the interview? Me, he came. He did that with me. I went down there and he interviewed me on Makeway Radio one time back. Okay, but it, but it wasn't me interviewing. No, you were there in the next room, and I remember this. So as you're describing Makeway Radio, that's actually when I met you for the first time in like real life was in in right, the right, studio. Right. I came down there, but what ended up happening is because of that experience, which you're a part of technically. I ended up seeing that Chris Chrome was worth fucking with in this regard. And so he's, you know, my editor right now. That's the guy that does my fucking uh, editing, actually. You know, so, so in a sense, because you were working with him, my whole shit exists today. That's fucking right. big. So, so, like, that's the funny thing about that. Like, I remember distinctively of who I interview and who I don't, but like, Having these type, those type of moments, now that I don't remember or not remember, the whole point is I just know. 
like knowing people and like knowing who they are, I can't fucking remember all the times from where, but I can show the respect that I fucking know who you are and acknowledge that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's a big thing in this industry in Montreal. People don't want to fucking acknowledge that they know people. They'll literally act like they don't know someone for no fucking reason. It's like, yo, why why do that? Or like, you know, they're like, instead of like putting everyone together to do something, everyone wants to do it individualized. And in the end, like the only time you can be individualized things is when you're the fucking head of it. When you have the fucking ideas and you have the knowledge and you have the things that are going to take to require to get it done then you can individualize because no matter what you will put a team together apart from that like cutting people out of your life and like trying to do this or that or thinking you're better than the other person doesn't really work man and in montreal that's the one thing i beg for everyone is let's not think we're just better than the other person Big but let's facts. focus and put together i'm sure easily a good group of us could build a fucking million dollar record label easily to start yeah, I think <clears throat> so. I'm gonna be real with you. Part of why I want to do these interviews in the big picture is to like talk to everybody, right? In a sense, right. it's like I get the opportunity to see what everybody's doing, how everybody's feeling, how everybody's thinking, who's serious, who's not serious. But yo, there's a bigger plan in play for me, right? Because yo, there are some maybe issues sometimes with people acknowledging stuff. I know that if I interview 300 people, that's 300 people doing things in the city that people need to know about. And I know that there's ways we can fucking like orchestrate things in a way where we can change the branding. Because here's the thing. A lot of us are, have a jaded perspective, especially our age group. Um, and it is what yeah. it is. That doesn't mean it's a permanent thing. Because, yo, I see the OGs are organized. Yo, you see how the guys like fucking Don Smooth and Pre-Chan Kobe and them are. They're all on Twitch right now making this new DJ fucking club of guys all supporting each other and showing love. You look at the kids, and they're crushing Instagram. And I know the All Stars Montreal people's fucking around uh, with Makeways and them, right? So I'm I figured out who they were, and when I see what they're doing with the youth and them, I'm like, yo, these kids are gonna destroy it. They're all, it's over. They're gonna win. These kids are gonna fucking crush it, and not to be negative against the, whatever, but they don't have the same toxicity. They're a lot more willing to fuck with each other and just kind of big ups each other and like like each other's shit and all that good stuff. So I think it might be that our age group people in our little realm of when we started need to kind of get a little more positive with it. But in general, I agree, man. This shit, there's like this thing happening in this city right now where there's too much talent and the technology. Here's what I think happened. COVID got everybody to stay home for a while and then we all got kind of lonely. And now we're all reaching out in like a sincere way that is very different than a lot of us were willing to do in the past. And it may have been the big gift. So when you're by yourself in a room for nine months, <coughs> all of a sudden, you're a lot more willing to talk to anybody about anything. And you're a lot more curious about what anybody else is doing. And you're a lot more willing to like sit there and like listen to that track because what the fuck else are you really going to do? You know what? And that's kind of how it started for me as I was bored and I started getting more interested in my city. And I think a lot of people are going through that because I'm not the only one that's fucking, you know, got a lot more time on my hands. Even with being busy, I still have more time on my hands than when I had to deal with going to work and shit in real life. Right. 
So I think that this has been a big blessing that has allowed a lot of us to connect in a different way than previously where we all had to go to these events and compete with each other. Now, let's be real. You can just multitask shit in a way that's different. You can bump a lot of stuff and the effort involved in us connecting has dropped significantly, weirdly yeah. enough. So this may have been kind of a blessing for the city in a weird way, even though a lot of bad things are attached to that blessing. I like to look for the positives in a situation, but like the chances of us actually having this conversation play out the way that it's playing out without the circumstances that led to it are very little. I mean, maybe it would have happened, but I don't know if it would have happened so easily. The time would have been less fluid. The whole vibe would have been different. Yeah, but things are going to get back to normal. I think respect for anybody. I think what it is is I have respect for you. I think you understood that. You asked me a question. I don't think you thought I would necessarily say no. Now, maybe for the reasons you're talking about now. But at the same time, for me, it actually did me the complete opposite. COVID made me more relaxed. Okay. Like COVID let me understand that you're don't have a choice but to be by yourself and figure it out where there's this amount of time in the day and doesn't matter how much you try to occupy the time of the day until you close your eyes again and wake up the next morning you have to live that day and that day is whatever the fuck it is so for me that completely resonated in me being so relaxed compared to my normal impulsive aggressive don't want to be by myself, want to party, want to event and throw things like that because that's why I was good at doing that job and being a host and going to these these New York Fashion Weeks and being in front of people. And like, so it's only added to my game in the sense of where now I actually can be relaxed. If I know I have a big gig in a month, I know I can actually sit back not do anything for the month unless I have things in between and I can like memorize and practice and do all those things. Me, I was the best winger ever. I never fucking had anything. I used to write on a piece of paper, like here's the questions I'm going to ask people. And then I throw out the piece of paper or just keep it there in case I felt like I didn't know where to go with conversation. Most of the times I always did my history. I always told people to send me their bios. I think it's always great to know a little bit so you know where to ask them questions and figure out what you want. But in the end, man, there's interviews, there's conversations, and there's good times. You know what I mean? Sometimes you're in a position where your interview needs to be two minutes, it needs to be structured, it needs to get the points out, it needs to get the questions. And then you have moments like this where you get to speak, I get to speak, you get to articulate, I get to articulate, and mm. people get to hear something that maybe can help them motivate themselves in moving forward in life and that's where it comes down to because in my life i've had a lot of influential people that have believed in me and without that i wouldn't feel capable of being able to speak so clear spoken about it and be confident because i don't really believe i'm not like confidence and cockiness and stuff like that like i have my bad days too but like the one thing i'm going to do properly is, is express myself i like you know? that like, if there's one thing I can do as a human being is express my fucking self and, like, allow people to understand how I feel and and not hold grudges or not, you know, I'm not passive aggressive. I just learned to shut my mouth a lot more because I'm, I'm plain spoken. But sometimes you have to know when to speak and not speak. You know what I mean? 
I like that. So that's where it comes down to it. Like that's that's who I am as a human today. Like, you know. Dude, I think it's great what you're sharing. I just gotta ask you a side question because I forgot. Okay. But my patron Lindell's on here and that dude pays me, so it is what it is. But uh he wants to know your top five rap artists. I'm really bad with those kinds of questions, but people do like it. So do you have a top five rap artist? Um, I definitely I definitely can say that Jada Kiss would be in there. Oh, this is good. Let me sit down for this one. Right. Ah, let me think. Really. Okay. I guess because there's two albums. Ah, man, this is a tough one. Go for it, though. It's good. <clears throat> Changes up the vibe, makes it all fresh again. Uh, okay, so we have Jada Kiss. You know what? Just because I don't want to put Jeezy in my top five, although like I would, Thug Motivation One One is my favorite, one of my favorite albums. And if you buried me, I'd want to be buried with it or burnt, like whatever, cremated. I'm almost gonna have to throw in G Easy because when these things happen, uh, G Easy. That, yeah, that album, that album, like these things happen. I went through some shit while that album was playing, and that shit made me cry and shit. And I was just like, "Yo, that's fucked up," because I could, I, I just felt that story so much. Uh, so that would definitely be in there. So we got Jada, we got G Easy. Okay. We probably have Jay because, like, Reasonable Doubt's one of my favorite. But I'm trying to like not pick the rappers necessarily that everyone would pick, but at the same time, I'm trying to really dig deep in like who I really fucked with, like growing up, man. Um, Yeah, I'm gonna leave it as Jada. Like, Yo, if I had to up. pick one, I'm gonna pick Jada. Okay, I don't know about five, but I, Jada. <clears throat> so Jada. I just got Jada's distracted because uh, the chat is what it is. But apparently, Dr. Dre suffered a brain aneurysm and is in ICU at, at LA Hospital at this moment, which See? just distracted That's the my type fucking of shit vibe. I'm talking about. That's the shit I'm talking about right now. That's the shit I said. As we're doing whatever we're fucking doing, shit happens. There you go. Dr. J now aneurysm. Point me. Nah, it's cool, man. I love the way you think. Oh, I that might... would have been a bold prediction. <laughs> oh my gosh. Dr. Dre aneurysm. Wow. So what's crazy is the other Dr. Dre that was significant from whatever that show was also suffered health issues recently. So that's like both Dr. Dre's. Anyway, um, that's not really that relevant, I guess, to the bigger picture. But, yo, I love the way you think. Um, I, I like talking to you. I feel like you're the kind of guy I could just talk about anything with and it would turn into a riveting piece of content. And I think we've actually proven that in this conversation a couple of times because what in a fucking strange... This is not what I was expecting, but you're not the regular guest. You're, you're not, like, the regular. So I wasn't even sure how to approach this interview on the front. I'm like, yo, like, I, Vlock is just like, yo, he's an interesting guy. That's just as far as I went with it in my mind. I'm like, I don't really know. I mean, these... well, I'm fucking human, man. I, I got fucking feelings. Like, you know, I care about shit. I don't care about some things, you know, like I like there's so many fucking things in life that like make who we are, man. I've been through so much shit. Like we're not even like there's off camera shit and there's on camera shit. You know Absolutely. What I mean? like, there's, understand. Some fucking, there's some fucking shit for another time that we can easily talk about that. Yeah. I would be open to talk about, but at the same time, in the moment of just like figuring out who I am, bro, at this age, man, I'm just that nigga. I got some tattoos. I got some fucking, I got my own place. 
I drive a fucking whip. I fucking got a job. I fucking got some money. I'm fucking got some food cooking right now. I'm doing an interview with you. I'm just like everybody else. Like, I'm just trying to live my life. I'm not trying to be no better than the next man, but I'm trying to be fucking happy. I'm trying to make sure that I'm good. And during these times of Corona, it's hard to do that. So these moments, like, I got to appreciate you. Yo, you look forward to moments like this. Like, I can definitely agree with you. Like, when was the last time I did an interview? Not. So I look forward to doing this. And this is something like... Yeah, that's cool, man. You know, you show up for and you do it properly. So I appreciate you having me on and doing this and I get to speak. And you're right. I haven't been able to speak like this to everyone or feel like I'm speaking to a crowd of people. But in the end, I'm not really here to talk what I don't believe or like to influence people in some fucking type of bullshit like religion or politics. Like I'm not that. Nah, it's not, like, but that's not, not even like what this shit's about. Like to me, it's about. No, but people do that shit. They turn these interviews in religion or politics or like Trump. But that's like, I don't want fucking talk so, about So like, that there's shit. a whole like vision behind what I'm doing, right? To me, I'm into education. So that's why it's called Bridge the Gap. It's literally about that. Somebody said, I need you to come up with a title. And I'm into like making sure that if you're going to call something something, it has to mean something, right? I always wrap in a suit behind that suit. It's like the guy behind that fucking performer. It's meant to be like a divider between the personality over there and the guy that, well, now it's a new personality, It's cl but it's closer to the real version of me, you know? Um, right. <clears throat> it's like my hair is let down. But then bridge the gap. This is what this interview series is. Like, look, Sammy's here, man. Willie's here. People are paying attention because we're having these kinds of conversations about the real life shit. Listen, I don't give a fuck who you care about in that election. That's not even my country. You know, like, fuck that shit. No, it's not like, my business. But, like, talking about Trump and politics and shit is what everyone talks about. I'm so it's glad. So boring. A conversation about the Rona because I wasn't going to be the one to bring it up. But here's the thing <laughs> that's like huge because, yo, it's going to be like, yo, as Willie said, it always gets better after the two hour mark. So that's what Drink Champs does. That's the secret to Drink Champs. We just were able to replicate it without getting you fucking drunk. We talk about a bunch of random shit and hit you with it in different directions and then inevitably, like, okay, fuck it, we're just chilling. And at that point, it gets even better. Wait, how long are these interviews supposed to be? As long as they I go. I ain't got two hours. I got onto this fucking chicken and rice is cooked. <laughs> I know, man. You know, you're almost. You're at like two but hours. Yo, Dude, but, I'm but saying we've what, already gone almost like, that combine, long. Like, I can't like combine my fucking Twitch and then be in your Twitch room. Anyways, can't you like multiple combined Twitches? So in theory, if we were, if you were on a computer right now, you could be streaming the same conversation to your people and basically replicate what I'm doing. Without a computer, it's different, and I don't know how to do it with the PlayStation Twitch because the PlayStation Twitch is more derived. But, yeah, for the record, we're at two hours-ish, maybe minus. Shit is fly, though. Look, look, look. I'm going to show you something. Mm. See that? Yeah, man. It's nice, man. That's fucking yeah, cool. Yeah, that's the PlayStation right there. I got the whole chat right there. It's that's fucking nice. Yeah, yeah. No, but isn't it, like, cool to be on the TV? It just fucking fly to me. But yeah, um, so yeah, just to say, like, that's why I brought it two hours because we're already at that point. That's why, like, it's, it's how much time. Oh, we spoke is... for two hours already? That's what I'm saying. We've already gone that long. Yeah. How, that's what these interviews yeah. are, man. We just have the yeah. conversation. Yeah. And I, I, so somebody said to me, like, yo, try to make them a certain amount of time. And I'm like, yo, Joe Rogan doesn't do that. Joe Rogan does not watch the clock. If the interview's five hours, it's five hours. If it's 90 minutes, it's 90 minutes. Like, sometimes they're shorter. Sometimes people don't want to talk. Maybe you got shit to do after. Sometimes there's hard stops. I've been told straight up, I'm done by nine. I has to be done by nine. You know, like, people give yeah, me that. Yeah, yeah. 
not only that, but then there's editing and when you edit, then you can literally put out 10 minute clips and you only have to put out two of them out of the two hours, but you can put out the parts that you like the most or you thought it was the most. Yeah, my dude's going to totally take care of that after. But the fact is, the live one's here. Because we're live, this is the full interview. My dude's still going to edit it and cut out a couple things here. And then we'll put up the live one down, the full thing down the line so that the whole thing's available. But at the same time, you've had a few people that have sat here with us the whole time because they're so fucking engaged in the chat. And that's... Shout out to y'all. You know what it is. Because, dude, this conversation isn't boring to anyone. That's, well, I mean, maybe it's boring to some people. I can't say anyone. But there's well, people invested I, in this, is I guess more what I'm saying, in this conversation. So I don't think there's a real length to it. I mean, to me, it's just like if it's good, we keep talking. When it doesn't feel right to keep talking, we stop talking. And that's well, my uh, whole format. When my, when my butter chicken, butter chicken. That looks delicious, dude. This is what I've been cooking up. Look, so for me, man, like I'm not the type of dude to be shy either, especially once I realize we're having a great conversation in the sense where I need to eat. Yeah. I was hungry. I felt like, yo, we've been talking for a while, but I didn't know how long. But I was like, look, I'm going to cook this food. Like, you don't have to cut off interviews or do whatever. Like, it's like if I was talking to my boy, like, are you going to cut your boy That's off? That's it, man. Like, I'm gonna go food. You're just talking. You're like, yo, it's good, bro. So, like, for me, a lot of great things were said. I like your perspective on a lot of things. Um, I'm and like entertained or not entertained. Like the whole point is like talking to other people that want to know things in life that they don't know about is great because from that moment, I start opening up and learning things from your life that mm. I didn't know. Like, the video game stuff and like being with the software and your beliefs and little things Dude, like nobody that. ever so like, cares about my day job on this that was you're the first guy <laughs> that ever actually was like let's talk about your day job i'm like let's do it nobody cares yeah that was cool of you it's, it's a part of you like you know yeah i'm a big fan well i'm not a big fan of doing the work anymore but it's also been a decade at the company but um I'm a big fan of this conversation. Just for the sake of sound bites, then, because you might be done quick, I want to get my little outro speech on camera. We don't have to end right away. I just want to get the outro speech on camera, and then we can keep talking. Uh, so, yeah, I just want to thank y'all for watching. I, sit, I should sit somewhere where I get good camera. Like, yeah. All right. So, I just want to thank y'all for watching. Appreciate y'all being here with us. Yo, thank you for being with us, Mr. Blaka. It's been fucking wonderful. We barely even talked about a lot of things, so you're going to have to come back. It's the facts of it. There's a lot more to be said because yo there's a lot of interesting things this guy has even done but we just got too distracted because he's that fucking interesting it's what it is um <laughs> on, let us know in the comments if you're on the youtube version of this in the future what you care about seeing and let the people know what's up with it for those of you jumping on the twitch now we're not quite done we're just getting a sound bit um and yo definitely like the videos follow subscribe etc special thanks to the patrons ismail gadam c chris Patter, jonathan parnes dj black hurricane linda williams and scribble the dope support what we do if you want to support what we do and you on twitch to subscribe and other people patreon.com slash behind that suit and you'd all be lovely on that note i just want to say to y'all live long and prosper everyone yeah we can live long and prosper type shit matter yeah. of fact one like equals a million more shows so get those likes going yeah. and the subscribes and uh matter of fact uh, uh hsr man this was amazing you know what it is holding steven Roy, uh you know behind that suit I'm glad to have been on and your man Blocker, you know what it is. And like, make sure y'all just do the shit that y'all want to do in life, man. And let's get it. Ah, amazing. Mm -hmm.